live from Utrecht. This is the Van Willem Shorsnado. Hello. Shors, make the pun. We have a lot to talk about. We have a lot to discuss. Yes. In this episode, we're going to discuss the Taproot activation process and the debate surrounding it on the parameter lot. Lock in on timeout. That's right. Which and can be set to true and false. And maybe as a reminder to the listener, we have talked about Taproot in general multiple times, but especially in episode two. And we've talked about activating Taproot, activating softworks in general in episode three. So we might skip over a few things. Yeah, in episode three, we discussed all sorts of different proposals to activate Taproot. But it's been over half a year at least, right? That was on September 25th, so about five months, yeah. Yeah, so it's been a while, and by now the discussion has reached sort of its final stage, I would say. And at this point, the discussion is about the lot parameter true or false. First, to recap very briefly, Shors, can you explain what are we doing here? What is a soft fork? Right, well, so the, the idea of a soft fork is that you make the rules more strict. And that means that from the point of view of a node that doesn't upgrade, nothing is changed. They're just seeing transactions that are valid to them from the nodes that do upgrade because they have more stricter rules. They do care what happens. But the nice thing about soft forks is that as a node user, you can upgrade whenever you want. If you don't care about this feature, you can upgrade whenever you want. Yeah, soft fork is a backwards compatible protocol upgrade. And the nice thing about it is that if at least half of all miners, if a majority of miners enforces the rules, then that sort of automatically means all nodes on the network will follow the same blockchain. That's right, because the older nodes don't know about these new rules, but they do know that they'll follow the chain with the most proof of work as long as it's valid. And so if most of the miners are following the new rules, then most of the proof of work will be following the new rules. And so a node will, by definition, follow that. An okay. old node will, by definition, follow it. Okay, so... The nice thing about soft forks is that if a majority of hash power enforces the new rules, the network will remain in consensus. Therefore, the last couple of soft forks were activated through hash power coordination. That means that miners could include a bit in the blocks they mined, signaling that they were ready for the upgrade. Mm -hmm. And once most miners, it was 95% in most cases, 95% of miners indicated that they were ready. Nodes would recognize this and enforce the upgrade. Yeah, that's right. Okay. And so this would be, you know, involve a node would check, for example, every two weeks, how many blocks signaled this thing. And if yes, then it says, okay, the soft fork is now active. I'm going to assume that the miners will enforce this. Right. Now, the problem with this upgrade mechanism is that it also means miners can block the upgrade. Yeah, that's the downside. Even if everyone agrees with the upgrade, so for example, in this case, Taproot, it seems to have broad consensus, but despite that broad consensus, miners could still block the upgrade, which is what happened with SegWit a couple of years ago. Right. Back then, there was a lot of debate about the block size and lots of hard fork proposals and lots of hurt feelings and and so, you now eventually, it was very difficult to get SegWit activated because miners were not signaling for it, probably mostly intentionally. Now, it could also happen that miners just ignore an update, not because they don't like it, just because they're busy. Yeah, in the case of SegWit, that was 
in the end resolved through UASF, or at least that was part of it. We're not going to get into that in depth. Right. But that basically meant that a group of users said, on this day, some date in the future, it was August 1st, 2017, we're going to activate the SegWit rules, no matter how much hash power actually supports it. Right, but at, and at the same time, and perhaps as a consequence of that, a group of miners and other companies agreed that they would start signaling for SegWit, and there was a whole bunch of other things going on at the same time. Yeah. But which, uh, whatever which, happened on the 1st of August, the thing activated, or a little bit earlier, I think. Yeah, okay, so now we're four years ahead in time. It's four years later, and now the Taproot upgrade is ready to go. And what happened a couple of years ago is now spurring new debate on the Taproot upgrade. And that brings us to the LOT parameter, Yeah. which is a new parameter. Although, you know, it, it's sort of inspired by things from a couple from that SegWit upgrade period. It's basically a an like a built-in UASF option which we which you can decide to exactly. use or not, but it's basically it's there, there is now a sort of a formal way in the protocol to do this to activate a soft fork like at a cutoff date. Yeah, so lot has two options. The first option is false, so that lot is false. That means that miners can signal for the upgrade for one year. And then in that year, if there's a 90% threshold for the upgrade, it will activate, as we just explained. By the way, one year and 90% isn't set in stone, but that's sort of what people seem to settle on. Mm -hmm. uh, for convenience sake, that's just what I'm going to use while discussing this. So miners have one year to activate the upgrade. If after that year they have, they have not upgraded the taproot upgrade will expire. It will just not happen, basically. That exactly. lot is false. And of course, there's always the option then of shipping a new release, trying again. It's not that it's... It's not a no vote, but it just... Nothing happens. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay, then there's lot is true, which, again, miners have one year to signal support for the upgrade. If a 90% threshold is met, then the upgrade will activate. However, the big difference is what happens if miners don't reach this threshold, if they, if they don't signal for the upgrade. In that case, when the year is almost over, nodes that have lot is true will start to reject all blocks that don't signal for the upgrade. In other words, they'll only accept blocks that will signal for the upgrade, mm -hmm. which means, of course, that the 90% threshold will be met and therefore, Taproot or any other soft fork if in this mechanism will activate. If enough blocks are produced. If enough blocks are produced, yes, that's that's true. Uh, a little bit of nuance is that, for those who find that interesting, even lot is true nodes will accept up to 10% of blocks that don't signal. That's to avoid weird chain split scenarios. Yeah, basically because if... If it activates in a normal way, only 90% has a signal. So if you mandate signaling, then it would be weird to have a different percentage suddenly. Yeah, so they're going to accept the first 10% of non-signaling blocks, but after that, every block that doesn't signal is going to be rejected. So yeah. the 90% threshold will definitely be reached. Now, the big reason for this parameter, for lot is true, for that parameter to set it to true, is that this way miners cannot block the upgrade. Even if they try to block the upgrade, 
once the year is over, nodes will still enforce taproot. So it's guaranteed to happen. If enough blocks are produced. If enough blocks so, so are there, produced. Yeah. We can get into some of the, the risks with this, but I think you want to continue explaining a bit. Yeah. So in other words, the reason some people like lot is true is because that way miners don't have a veto. A veto. Mm-hmm. Now the counter argument there, and you already sort of suggested that, is that miners don't have a veto anyways. Even if we use lot is false, the upgrade would expire after a year, but after that year, we can just deploy a new upgrade mechanism and a new signaling period. Yeah. And this time maybe use lot is true. Or, so yes, or even while this thing is going on, right? So you could wait half a year with the lot is false and then half a year later saying, okay, this is taking too long. Let's take a little bit more risk and set lot to true. Exactly. Or lower the threshold. Yes. Or some other permutation that slightly increases the risk, but also increases the likeliness of activation. Yeah, you're right. But that's actually also one of the arguments against using lot is false. Lot is true, proponents say, that because you just suggested we can do it after six months, but there's another group of users that might say, no, no, first wait until the year is over and then we'll just redeploy again. So let's say that after six months, Taproot hasn't activated. Now all of a sudden you get a new discussion between people that want to start deploying lot is true clients right away and groups of users that want to wait until the year is over. Yeah. So it's sort of reintroducing the discussion we're having now, except by then we only have six months to resolve it. It's like a taking time bomb kind of situation. Well, so, not really to resolve so if, it. I so, mean, if you don't do anything for six months, then there's only one option left, which is to just try again with the new activation bit. Yeah, but then you need to agree on when you're actually going to do that. Are you going to yeah. do that after six months or are you going to do that later? And people might disagree. So yeah, lot, then you'd lot be back is true. to where we are now, except you know a little bit more because now you know that the miners weren't signaling. Yeah, and you don't have a lot of time to resolve it because after six months, something's might happen some group group of users might run through or yeah so so the, the thing you're talking about here is the possibility of say anarchy in the sense that there's no consensus about when to activate this thing and one group i think we discussed this at length in the third episode one group just gets really aggressive and says no we're going to activate this earlier and so then nobody knows when it's going to happen Yes, well, and also let me put it differently. If right now we're saying, okay, if after six months miners haven't activated for Taproot, then we'll just upgrade to Lot is True clients after six months, then Lot is True proponents will say, well, if that's the plan anyways, let's just do it now. That's much easier. Why do we have to do that halfway? Right, so, the- so, that, so that's sort of the counter-argument to the counter-argument. Yeah, I can see that, but of course there's also the scenario where we never do this, where Taproot just doesn't activate. I mean, it just depends on you know, what people want, but there there is something to be said for a status quo bias where you don't do anything if it's too controversial for whatever reason. Now there's another sort of a side case here that is useful to keep in mind. There might be a very good reason to cancel Taproot, right? There might just be a bug that yeah, you're, you're getting ahead of me shorts you're getting okay. ahead of me 
let me because there are a bunch of arguments in favor of lot is false okay okay so one argument is we've basically already done lot of false lot is false a bunch of times the previous minor activated softworks and most of the times it went fine there was just this one time with segwit in the midst of a big war and we don't have a big war now there's no reason to change what we've been doing successfully until now mm-hmm. that's one argument the counter argument would for example be yeah but if you choose lot is false now that could actually draw controversy itself you know that could be used to drive a wedge or you know we, we're not in a war right now but it could cause a war so i yeah but i don't see how that argument doesn't apply to lot is true i, I no, think anything I, that's that's probably fair yeah yeah i i tend to agree with that Okay, then the other argument for lot is false is that miners and especially mining pools have already indicated that they're supportive of Taproot and that I'll activate it. And, you know, it's not necessary to do the lot is true thing as far as we can tell. Mm-hmm. Then the third argument is what you just mentioned is that it's possible that maybe someone finds a bug with Taproot. Maybe yeah. a software bug or maybe some other problem is possible. And, and, this and also if you do lot is false, it's fairly easy to just let it expire and users won't have to upgrade their software again. And that right. The only thing then you'd have to recommend that miners do not install that upgrade. And it's worth noting, I think we pointed this out in episode three, people don't always review things very early. So it's very possible that a lot of, you know, a lot of people have reviewed Taproot code. But others might not bother to review it until the activation code is there because they just wait for the last minute. And so it's it's not implausible that somebody, you know, very smart starts reviewing reviewing this very late. Perhaps some exchange that's, you know, about to deploy it. Yeah, something like that happened with the P2SH. No, so the predecessor to P2SH was C- op, op CSV, I think. That was just about to be deployed, and then a pretty horrible bug was found. Yeah, we've seen it with with you know certain altcoins too. That right before deployment, people find zero days either because they're bullies or just because the code was shipped in a rush and nobody checked it. Yeah. So th- well, there is definitely always a risk, whatever software mechanism you use, that a bug is discovered at the last minute. And if you're really unlucky, then it's it's too late. It's deployed, and you need a hard fork to get rid of it, which would be really really bad. Well, no, I don't think that's true. You, there are other ways to get rid of it. Oh, yeah, you, you, pro- you may be able to soft fork, depending on what the bug is, you may be able to soft fork it out. Yeah. Yeah, there are ways to fix it even in that case. And and uh, the other sort of counter argument to that point would be, well, if we're not sure that it, it's bug free and if we're not sure that this upgrade is correct and it shouldn't be deployed either way not in false or true or anything so we need to be sure of that anyways yeah but like i said some people won't review something until it is sort of inevitable so yeah i'm just i'm just listing the arguments that's all right (laughs) okay fourth argument that's the so the fourth argument for lot is false basically or against lot is true is that lot is true am i saying that right against lot is true yeah lot is true could feed into the perception that Bitcoin and especially Bitcoin Core developers control the protocol, have power over the protocol because, you know, they're shipping code and that becomes, that sort of necessarily becomes the new protocol rules in the case of, in the case of Taproot. So that perception could... There could be some future software where really nobody in the community cares about it, but, you know, just a handful of Bitcoin Core developers do 
and they kind of force it onto the community and then you know you get a bunch of chaos the, the the nice thing about having at least a minus signal is that they are part of the community and at least they are okay with it but the problem is it doesn't reflect it doesn't reflect what other people in the community think about it it just reflects what they think about it so there's a bunch of mechanisms right there's a discussion on the mailing list and you see if people have problems then there's the minus signaling which is a nice indication that people are happy so you you could just see it as that as many people consenting as possible it'd be nice if there were other mechanisms of course yeah the the other point is that you know bitcoin core developers while they decide which software they include in bitcoin core which code they include in bitcoin core they don't decide what users actually end up running so no, in exactly. that sense, so nobody they don't might have, they download don't, it yeah exactly they don't have, they don't actually have power over the network so in that sense the argument is bunk but it could still feed into the perception they do, that they do. And even that perception, you know, if you can avoid it, maybe that's better. That's sort of an argument. And the precedent, right? What if, I don't know, Bitcoin Core is compromised at some point and ships an update and says, well, if you don't stop it, then it's going to activate. And then it's actually nice if the miners can say, nah, I don't think so. But yeah, I don't but know, users yeah. could say that as well yeah. by not downloading it, like you said. Okay, then now we get to the fifth argument, and this is the most, this is where it gets pretty complex. Okay, so the fifth argument against lot is true, is that it could cause all sorts of network instability. Mm -hmm. If it happens that the year is over and there are lot is true clients on the network, it's possible that they would split off from the main chain and there could be reorgs where and people could lose money and miners could mine invalid block and lose their block rewards and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, but it, the lot is true proponents argue that that risk is actually best mitigated if people adopt lot is true. Yeah, I so, find, I'm very skeptical. That sounds very circular. But maybe it's useful to explain what these bad scenarios look like. That's exactly where I wanted to get at. Yeah, and then others can decide whether, A, they think those bad scenarios are worth risking, and B, whether they think, you know, how to make them less likely. Because some of that, I think, is almost political. It's kind of like, you know, you have all these discussions in society, like, should people have guns or not? And, you know, what's the incentives? And I, you may never figure that out. But we can talk about some of the mechanics here. Just to be clear, if somehow there would be complete consensus on the network over either lot is true, all nodes run lot is true, or all nodes run lot is false, then I think that would be totally fine either way. Yeah, but the irony, the of course, is that if there is complete consensus and everybody runs lot is true, then it will never be used. But you're right, in theory. Well, I mean, even if miners wouldn't yeah anyway. i don't i don't see a scenario where I, miners we're, would we're, say, yeah, we're, I'm, we're happy with lot is true we're just not deliberately not going to signal and then signal at the very last moment yeah well you're right but we're also digressing yes. the, the point is that the really complicated scenarios arise when some parts of the network are running lot is true some parts of the network are running lot is false or some parts of the network are running neither because they haven't upgraded, mm -hmm. or some combination of these, you know, half of the network yeah. has true, half of the network is neither. That's where things get very complicated, and sure, you thought about it 
What do you well, think? <laughs> the nice thing is, I tell I me what the risks are. Thought risks about this are. stuff in the during the Segwit two X debacle as well as the UASF debacle, which which were similar in a way, but also very different because of who was doing the split and whether it was a hard fork or a soft fork. But okay, so let's say you are running the current version of Bitcoin Core. Now let's let's start easier. Okay, let's say you're running the Lotus two version of Bitcoin Core. You downloaded it. And maybe it was released by Bitcoin Core, or maybe you self-compiled it, but it says lot is true. You want Ta- Taproot to activate. But the scenario here we're taking is that the rest of the world, the miners aren't really doing this. And the day arrives, and you see a block, and it's not signaling correctly, but you want it to signal correctly. So you say, this block is now invalid. I'm not going to accept this block. And I'm just going to wait until another miner comes with a block that does meet my criteria. Mm-hmm. And maybe that happens once in every 10 blocks, for example. So you are seeing new blocks, but they're coming in very, very slowly. Okay, so somebody sends you a transaction. You know, you, you, you want Bitcoin from somebody, they send you a transaction. And this transaction has a fee, and it's probably going to be wrong. So let's say you're receiving a transaction from somebody who is running a node with lot is false. So they're on a chain that is going 10 times faster than you are, right? Mm-hmm. This is intermediate state. Mm-hmm. Their blocks might be just full, so their fees are pretty low, and you're receiving it. But you're on this shorter, shorter slower-moving chain, so your mempool is really full, and your blocks are completely full. So that transaction probably won't confirm on your side. It's just going to be sitting in the mempool. Mm-hmm. That's, that's one complexity. And that's actually a relatively good scenario. Because you don't accept unconfirmed transactions. Yeah. So, so you'll have a disagreement with your counterparty. You'll say, okay, it hasn't confirmed. And they'll say it has confirmed. But then at least you might realize what's going on. You know, you read about this, the lot war or whatever. So that's one scenario. The other scenario is where somehow it does confirm on your side. But maybe it, and it also confirms on the other side. So that's, that's kind of good. Because then you're safe either way, right? If if it's confirmed on both sides, and whatever happens in a future reorg, that transaction is actually on the chain, just in a, maybe in a different block. Sure. An- another scenario could be because these blocks are these these chains. There's two chains: one short chain, one long chain, but they're different. And so, if you're receiving coins that are from the Coinbase that descend from a Coinbase transaction on one side or the other, then there's no way it can be valid on your side. Yeah. And that's just, this can also be a feature. There, it's called replay protection, essentially. So you you receive a transaction and you just don't even see it in your mempool, and you call the other person and you say this is this doesn't make any sense. So that's good. Okay, but now suddenly the world changes its mind and says no, we do want Taproot, we do want Lotus True, we are now Lotus True diehards, and all the miners start mining on top of your shorter chain and your short chain becomes the very long chain. So in that case, you're you're pretty happy in most of the scenarios we discussed, right? The transaction... Sounds good to me. Right. You had a transaction that was in maybe your 10th block and on the other side, it was in the first block, but it's still yours. There were some transactions floating in, mem- in the mempool for a very long time that finally confirmed. I think you're, you're fairly happy, but I wonder if I was doing it right. Yeah, so we were talking about the Lotus True Node, right? So, so yeah, as a Lotus True Node user, it sounds like in these scenarios you're happy. Yep. Maybe not if you're paying someone, but anyway. 
you're 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 starting to make the case for lot is true sure so well, i know that's I, not your intention but you're, you're doing a good job at it for the full node user who knows what they're do doing in general right if, if you're a full node user and you know what you're doing then i think you're you're going to be fine in general i think yeah this, this is not too bad now let's say you are a lot is false user but and let's say you you just are you know you don't know what you're doing or you do know what you're doing i don't know pick one in the same scenario, you're on the longest chain, you're receiving coins from an exchange, and you've seen these headers out there for this shorter chain. You might have seen them. Depends on whether they were they reach you or not. Mm -hmm. But it's a shorter chain. And it's valid according to you, because it's a more strict a more strict rule set, so you're fine. It, so this other chain has taproot and, and you don't, probably. And you're accepting transactions and, and you're a happy camper, but then all of a sudden, because the world changes... Everything disappears from under you. All the transactions you've you've seen confirmed in the block are now back in the mempool. And they might have been double spent even. Yeah, the reason for that is that even if you're running lot is false, if the lot is true chain, we're talking about the chain split has happened. So if your lot is false node, but at some point, at any point, the lot is true chain becomes the longest chain, then your lot is false node would still accept that chain. It would still consider it valid. Yeah. The other way around is not true, but the lot is false node will always consider the lot is true chain valid. So in your scenario, we're using Bitcoin on the longest chain, on the lot is false chain. We're happy. We received money. You know, we did a hard days of work and we got our paycheck at the end. Yeah. Paid in Bitcoin. We think we're safe. We got a bunch of confirmations. But then all of a sudden, the lot is true chain becomes longer, which means your node switches to the lot is true chain, and that money you received on the lot is false chain, which you thought was the Bitcoin chain, is just gone. Poof. Right. That's the problem you're talking about. Exactly. Now, yes. you could still say, okay... I, I, will, I will add to this very briefly. I think this is an even bigger problem for non-upgraded nodes. Yeah, I you was know, about to get to that. Okay. So... Right, so now we're talking about the lot is false people, and you could still say, well, why did you download the lot is false version? Well, because uh, you didn't know. Okay, now we're talking about an unupgraded node. Now, yeah. for the unupgraded node, Taproot does not exist. So it has no preference for which of the chains. It will just pick the longest one. And yeah, it, it's someone in Korea. He, he doesn't keep up with discussion well, well, on... Let's not be mean to Korea. No, well, pick a country where they don't speak English. North, North Korea. <laughs> They, you know, someone doesn't keep up with the Bitcoin discussion forums, maybe doesn't read English, doesn't really care. He just likes the Bitcoin thing, downloaded the software a couple of years ago, now put in this hard days of work, gets paid, and the money disappears. Yeah, or, or his it's, node might be in a nuclear bunker that he put it in five years ago under 15 meters of concrete, air-gapped, and he can, he, can put, he can give it, you know, and somehow it can download blocks because it's watching the Blockstream satellite or something, but it cannot be upgraded. Uh, and he doesn't know about this upgrade, which would be odd if you're into nuclear bunkers and full nodes. But you know. <laughs> anyway, somebody is running an out-of-date out node, but, but, you know, in Bitcoin, we have the policy. You don't have to upgrade. It's not a mandatory thing. Yeah. So it should be safe or at least relatively safe to run an unupgraded node. And then, all of a sudden, you're receiving your salary as sort of the same as the lot of false person. And then, suddenly, there's a giant reorg that just comes out of nowhere, and you have no idea why people bother to reorg. Mm -hmm. 
because you don't know that about this rule change. Yeah, you don't see the difference. And poof, your salary just disappeared. Yeah, and that's that's bad. So that's that's yeah. basically the worst case scenario that no one wants, I think. Yeah, and and you can translate this also to say people who are using hardware wallet software that hasn't been updated, or they're using remote nodes, or they're using sort of SPV nodes that don't check the rules but only check the work. And they'll have similar experiences where suddenly the longest chain changes. So your SPV wallet, which we explained in an earlier episode, just its history disappears. And at least for the, you know, for the lightweight nodes, you could say you could do some victim shaming and say, well, you should be running a full node. And if bad things happen, then, you know, you should have run a full node. But I still don't think that's that's good safety engineering, you know, to tell people like, okay, if you do not use your seatbelt in the ex you know, correct position, the car might explode. Yeah. But at least for the for the unupgraded full note, that's an explicit case that I think Bitcoiners want to support. You want to support people not upgrading and not suddenly losing their coins in a in a in a situation like this. Yes. Well and so that's then, kind of why then, I'm not a, a lotus yeah, well, kind that's of person, that's but, where I want to yeah. get at. So then we everyone agrees, or at least I, we both agree, and I think most people would agree that this scenario we just painted that's horrible. We don't want that. So the next question is, okay, how do you actually avoid this scenario? And that's also one of the things where a lot is true and a lot is false. People differ in their opinions. A lot is false proponents like yourself argue against lot is true because the chain split was caused by lot is true and therefore if we don't want chain splits we don't want lot is true and then the thing we just described won't happen mm -hmm. the worst case scenario is that we don't have taproot it will just expire and you know that's that's not as bad as this poor korean guy losing his honest days of work exactly and we might have taproot later or you know yeah now that lot is true proponents will argue Look, Bitcoin is an open network and anyone, you know, any peer can run any software they want. And for better or worse, lot is true is a thing that exists. Now, if we want to avoid a chain split, the best way to avoid that is to make sure that everyone uses lot is true or at least that the majority of miners upgrade in time and lot is true is the best way to ensure that. So getting critical mass for lot is true is actually the saver the option, despite the fact that lot is true also introduced the risk. If I want to give an analogy, it's kind of like, you know, the world would be a safer place without nuclear weapons, but there are nuclear weapons, and, and it seems like it's safer to actually have one in that case. I think and that analogy breaks down very quickly, but yeah, I, I get the idea. But the, the, the point is, you know, it's not a perfect analogy, I'm sure. The point is, Logist 2 exists, and now we have to deal with that. It might be a better world. It might be a safer place if Logist 2 didn't exist, if USF didn't exist. But it does, and now we have to sort of deal with that fact. I'm always very And there's skeptical. an argument to be made that making sure the, hard, the software succeeds is actually the best way to go to save that poor Korean guy. Yeah, I'm always very skeptical of this type of game theory because it sounds rhetorically nice, but I'm not sure if it's really true. And the one of the obvious problems is how do you know you've reached the entire Bitcoin community? Because like we talked about, this hypothetical person in this other country that's not reading Twitter and Reddit, it has no idea that this is going on, you know, and let alone most of the, the lightweight wallet users. 
the number of people who use Bitcoin is much, much greater than the number of people who are even remotely interested in these discussions. And also to even explain the risk to those people, even if we could reach them, to explain why they should upgrade, that, that alone is a rather big challenge because, you know, in this episode, we roughly try to explain what would go wrong if they don't upgrade. And we can't just tell them you must upgrade because that sort of violates the, you know, the idea that you, you persuade people with arguments and let them decide what they want to do rather than tell them based on authority. So, so yeah. I, yeah. Well, keep in mind that in the end, all of this is avoided if a majority of hash power upgrades. And with yes. a lot of tr- a lot is true, it actually is any majority would be fine in the end because right. if so if you miners the- themselves use lot is true, then they'll definitely get the longest chain once by, by the end of the year. Yeah, so the game theory is kind of narrow to saying, well, you want to convince the miners to do this. Yeah, pretty um, much. The, the problem, though, is like if it fails, we just explain the disaster that happens. So then the question is, what is that risk? Can you put a percentage on that? Can you somehow simulate the world and find out what happens? No, look, I'm kind of on the fence on this. I see compelling arguments on both sides. I was leaning towards Lotus Falls at first, but the more I think about it, I, you know, the argument is if you include Lotus True in Bitcoin Core, then that practically guarantees that everything will be fine because the economic majority will almost certainly run it you know exchanges and most users and well so the, the, i'm not even sure that's true because it, that assumes that this economic majority is quick to upgrade and not sort of ignoring things whereas at, at you know, least there within might be a year of, i don't know there there might be companies that are running three or four year old nodes because they have 16 different shit coins so even that i i would not assume that you know we know from the network in general that lots of people don't upgrade nodes and that one year is pretty short and then, yes, but you can't tell from the nodes whether they're the economic majority or not. That might just, you know, be a few critical players that would do the trick here. Yes, I, I, I can't be sure. I'm not sure. I, I'm, you know, speculating. I'm explaining the argument. But the opposite is also true. That now that lot is true exists, some group of users will almost certainly run it, and that introduces, you know, maybe greater risks than if it was included in core, because maybe, that would but- increase the, the chances of success for. You know, a lot is true, basically, or the hash, or the but it really majority that, upgrading. Yeah, it really depends on who that group is. Because if that group is just some random people who are not economically important, then, you know, they're they're experiencing the problem. It, it definitely... And de- nobody else notices anything. Yeah, so that's true. If so it's, it if it's a, a very small group, that might be true. But the question is, how small or how big does that group need to be for this to become a problem? Yeah, and because they have a very, they have an asymmetric. Is that the correct English word? Yeah, asymmetric there's advantage. There's an asymmetry there. Asymmetry. Yeah, they they have this advantage because their chain can never be reorged away, mm-hmm. or the the lot is false tra- chain, so so to say, can be reorged away. That's true, but their chain might never grow. So is that you know that's also a risk. So I don't know if it's a it's not a complete advantage. It's not a strict advantage, right? It's, well, I think it's definitely a strict advantage. Well, I mean, the advantage is you can't be reorked. The disadvantage is your chain might never grow. And I don't know which of those two is... It will know. probably grow, right? It depends on how big that group is again. And and that's yeah. not something we can objectively measure. No. So, and I guess that's sort of what it comes down to. And, and I, even retroactively either, we can't, right? We still don't know what really caused the SegWit activation, even four years afterwards. So that's that gives you an idea of how difficult it is to know what these forces really are. 
Yes. Well, so that's where we agree. I think it's very difficult to know either way. Yeah. So, you know, from the, so the I'm, I'm sort of on the fence about nothing. it. Not even, uh, there might still be a lot of true minority that, or, you know, maybe even a majority, who knows, that might still happen. Yeah. So another interesting thought experiment then is to say, well, okay, so there's always going to be a lot of true group for any soft fork. But what about a soft fork that has no community support? What about a like some arbitrary group of people just decides to run their, their own soft fork because they want to? Maybe somebody wants to shrink the coin supply, you know, set set the coin issuance to zero tomorrow or reduce the block size to 300 kilobytes. And they could say, well, because it's a soft fork and because I run a lot of Strunode, there could be others who run a lot of Strunode. Therefore, it must activate and everybody should run this node. So that, that would be absurd. So it's clear that there is a limit to this, this game theory. There is, you can always think of some soft fork and some small community that will just say this and just completely fail. So yeah, we come back to, you have to estimate how big and how powerful this thing is. And I don't even know what the metric is. There. Yes, but also how harmful the upgrade is, because that's, I would say, that's sort of the answer to your point there, that if the upgrade itself is considered valuable, then there's very little cost for people to just switch to the other chain. You know, the chain that can't be reorged and that has to upgrade that's valuable. That's a pretty good reason to actually switch while switching to a chain even if it can't be reorged that you know screws with the coin limit or that kind of stuff that's much bigger disincentive also a bigger disincentive yeah. for miners to switch but some people might say that a you know maybe a smaller coin so a smaller block size is safer well they are free to fork off that's that's also possible you know it, it, it is possible even uh, we didn't even discuss that but it is possible that the change split is lasting that it will just forever be a lot is true minority chain and a lot is false majority chain that's then we have you know like the bitcoin bitcoin crash split or something like that we yeah, just have with, two with, coins with the big scary like sort of democles hanging above it that, that yeah uh, unless uh, unless maybe a checkpoint would have to be included in the majority chain which would be very ugly and you could you could come up with some sort of incompatible uh soft work to prevent a reorg in the future but okay sure so let's let's work towards the end of this episode yeah I, I think we've covered a lot of different arguments and explained that this is pretty complicated yeah i want to what do you think is going to happen that's that's sort of my well, last question yeah, how, how the, do you an anticipate this playing out well i started looking a little bit at the nitty-gritty for example today at one of the the pull requests that luke dasher opened to implement bip 8 in general not specifically for Taproot, I believe. And there's already complexities with this lot is true thing engaged because you need to think about how how the peer-to-peer -peer network should behave. And so from a principle of least action, like what is the least work for developers to do, removing, basically setting lot to false probably results in an easier code, which will get merged earlier. And even if, if Luke is like, well, I will only do this if it's set to true, then somebody else will make a pull request that sets it to false and gets merged earlier. So I, I think from a just a what happens when lazy people, and by la I mean lazy in the most respectful way, but just you know what is what is the path of least resistance? It's probably a lot as false, just from an engineering point of view. Yeah, so lot is false in Bitcoin Core is what you would expect in that yes. case. and then somebody else would implement lot is true, and that might in some have, alt client for sure. Yeah, and that might have no code review, so. 
But I, I mean, it's just a parameter setting, right? Well, no, no, I no. Got, it's more complicated yeah, because of the... a little bit more, yeah, you're exactly, right. Exactly, because of how, how it's going to interact with its peers and what it's going to do when there's a change plate, etc. So, yeah. I yeah, think the, what, what do you think about the scenario that neither is implemented in Bitcoin Core? Do you see that happening? Because, you know... Neither? Yeah, neither... Plot is null, or...? Just no activation mechanism, because there's no consensus for one. No, I, I think... No, I, I think they'll be fine. Yeah. I mean, I can't predict the future, but I, my guess is that a lot of false will, won't will be objected to as much as some people might think. All right. Well, we'll see then, I guess. Yeah, we'll see. This might be the dumbest thing uh, <laughs> we've ever said. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Van Weirdem Shores NATO. There you go.